The way the Blue Jays have struggled offensively, and John Snyder's going to mix and match however he thinks might lead to some runs. And Snyder's been put in that five hole. And a drive to deep left. And it is gone! How about this guy? Making the most of his opportunity. That's his fourth big league home run. He's got some power. There's no question about it. Hey everyone, and welcome to At The Letters for Monday, August 28th, 2023. Ben Nicholson-Smith here with you. It's just a mini episode this week. For now, Arden Swelling is off. He's been grinding, as you've seen, I'm sure, um, watching the games. He'll be back next week. In the meantime, just wanted to hop on and do a kind of rapid reaction episode. We're also planning to have a second episode this week a bit more of a robust episode. There's no shortage of material to dive into. Let's put it that way. I was not working any of the games this weekend, but man, Sunday, what a game. Like just absolutely heart-wrenching for the Blue Jays. Pretty devastating one to lose. I mean, they went into that series needing to start a run, a run of wins and a run of gaining ground on the AL West teams that they're chasing, and it just didn't happen. And I could spend <laughs> I could spend a full probably 45 minutes or an hour dissecting that game. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep it a little bit more big picture right here. All I'm going to say on that game is Santiago Espinal, 3-0. You need base runners. Why is he swinging? Uh, I trust my dudes, you know, and, you know, trust them to get a good pitch and put a good swing on it. So you're going to put the ball in their court and you trust that they're going to, you know, have a good result at the end of it. So not everyone has it, but in that situation, yeah, I trusted SB to get a good pitch and, and hit it hard. Like I know the Biggio bunt didn't work. Biggio got it down. It didn't work out. Jansen's thrown out of third base. I understand that. And that sucks if you're the Blue Jays. And you can debate that call and you can say John Schneider shouldn't have put that play on because Kevin Biggio does not bunt a lot. Danny Jansen isn't a fast runner. And I get that, and you can debate that. But for me, the one play where there's no debate is why is Santiago Espinal, the 25th or 26th player on this roster, a guy who's having a down offensive year, why is he swinging on 3-0? It makes zero, zero sense to me. But anyway, I mean, there's no need to to dwell on that too much. Um, we can all pick moments from that game and... You know, it could it could be a, you know a rare moment, a rare lapse for Tim Meza. It could be the Biggio execution. It could be late in the game when the Guardians finally get to Jay Jackson. Ultimately, it's a results business, right? And the results speak for themselves. At this point in the season, the Blue Jays are where they are, and they deserve to be where they are. And it's not a great spot. Seventy-one and sixty. Breaking down the record of this team, they have to go nineteen and twelve to win ninety games. 90 games probably gets you in the playoffs, doesn't necessarily get you in the playoffs. But 19 and 12 is a really, really good record. And they've done it before. Three times this season, the Blue Jays have gone 20 and 11. That is the best they have done in a 31 game stretch. So basically, what the Blue Jays have to do is they have to replicate, starting right now, no chance for delay. They have to replicate their absolute best 31 game stretch. And it's doable. <laughs> They're playing some pretty bad teams starting with the Nationals and then Rockies, Athletics, and the Royals. Those are pretty bad teams. And the Yankees. Like, it, early in the season, that looked like that might be a scary matchup when they play New York down the stretch. Now that's a great matchup. Um, so, you know, especially if you miss Garrett Cole, which who knows. So, yeah, they they can do it. 
they also could not do it, <laughs> you know? And if you look at the AL West teams they're chasing, Seattle wins 90 games that they play 500 from here on. So Seattle's probably going to win 90 plus games. Houston, Texas, as long as Houston and Texas stay two games above 500 here to the end of the year, those teams win 90 games. So it is much less of a tall order for those teams. That puts the Blue Jays in a really tough spot. And this is their own doing. They have played themselves into this spot. I'm just not inclined to to talk about this season as though it's over. Um, to me, this is like there's a ton of intrigue left this next month. Whether we like it or not, whether the Blue Jays wanted this or not, it's going to be an incredibly entertaining month of baseball because the two outcomes are, one, the Blue Jays actually pull this off and they they put together this incredible run and or this I shouldn't say incredible but this very very good run where they go something like 19 and 12 replicating one of their best months of the season and they fend off the Rangers let's say down the stretch maybe they take uh, the series from Texas when Texas visits uh, Toronto later this um, later this season in a couple weeks time that'll be a huge series so maybe they take that series from Texas maybe they play really well down the stretch control their own destiny and they sneak in and boom they're in the playoffs <laughs> at which point it's like okay now you reach your next goal of actually starting to win a playoff game with this group and win a playoff series and the goal was never just to get in in the first place but you know that would be a compelling finish and the alternative to that is yeah they go 15 and 16 or 16 and 15. That wouldn't be awful. I mean, you go 17 and 14, you win 88 games and you miss. Like at this point, that's a real possibility. We don't know which way it's going to go. And I'm going to save the autopsy stuff for after the season, whenever that ends. And I'm also going to save the off season look ahead stuff for after the season too, because We've got a month of really compelling baseball ahead of us here. There'll be lots of time to talk about who should be traded on this team and who should be retained. I've got a few ideas. <laughs> it's not that I haven't thought about it, but I just think the time for that will come a little bit later. So in the meantime, how do they get to those 19 wins? How do they get to those 20 wins that they probably need to get to? And, and it depends. I mean, the shape of that can change. Maybe you only need 18 if you sweep the Rangers. So there are different ways that you can get to that. But how do you get there? Well, at this point... We know the pitching has been great and the pitching is pretty healthy. I think a lot of this focus rightfully will be on the offense and what they're able to do. And if you look back actually at those those stretches where the Blue Jays have won 19 games in a 31 game stretch, their offense has been quite good each time. Um, the you know, We're not talking about a 900 OPS, but we're talking about at least a 750 OPS each time. So they are going to have to hit. And David Schneider, I think, has to be a part of that solution. David Schneider has a two-run home run and a double. He's scored a couple of runs, and he's also walked, so he's had three great trips to the plate. Swinging a line drive into left field, down for a base hit. Vladdy charges forward. He will score. It's a big day for David Schneider. He's aboard for the fourth time, driving in three. One month into his big league career, he's got five home runs. And... He has done that in very limited playing time. We are looking at only 44 plate appearances for Davis Schneider. Um, and he's already got the five bombs. He's, he's hitting 432. To me, like, you're a team looking for offense. You've got this guy 
who has got this this power. Um, he's got a great approach. He's dialed in. He's obviously good vibes at this point on a team that really lacks them. Yeah, you got to be playing Davis Schneider four, five, six days a week minimum. I think actually more than four. I think it's five days a week minimum. And you just figure it out as far as who's out of the lineup. You're talking about a team where you have your starting third baseman whose middle finger has been banged up ever since um, it got stuck between a couple weights. That was uh, around August 12th, that Cubs weekend. And since then, look, to Matt Chapman's credit, he's trying to grind. He's trying to play through. The results in nine games uh, tell a story of a player who's not 100%. Matt Chapman in those nine games, hitting 156. OPS, 416. Home runs, zero. Strikeouts, 14. So he's striking out more. He has very little power. He's, it would seem, not fully healthy. And, and clearly the Blue Jays are telling us that with their playing time decisions as well. So boom, you can put Davis Schneider in the lineup. Biggio at third base. You can put Schneider at third base if you wanted to. That's a way for Matt Chapman to get back to full health. Bo Bichette, I don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, we'll learn a bit more about Bo Bichette's quad on the right side a little bit later today. I'm recording this on Monday, August 28th. Should say as well, thanks for listening. And this is produced by Mike Rogerson. So a little bit late with the shout out there, but thanks to Mike for producing this. And when, when it comes to Bo Bichette, the Blue Jays don't have a viable alternative. Paul DeYoung went over Toronto. As I was saying before with Espinal, you know, he's he's not really a, an option that you want in there for an extended period or even for a short period when the games are this are this intensive. So unfortunately that puts a lot of pressure on Bo Bichette. He's gonna try to take the field. Um, I expect he'll be back out there for this national series. Um, but that is incomplete information. Who knows? Could be wrong. But one way or another, David Schneider has to play. And I think he's going to. I think we're going to continue to see him in there against the Nationals. Um, it could be at the expense of a Whit Merrifield. You know, that would be okay. Whit Merrifield came into this season as a guy who was slated to share some time with Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal based on who was performing. And Whit Merrifield has had an all-star season. He's been great. But does it have to be seven days a week? I don't think so. Springer. You can give him a day off his feet. And he had a great game on Sunday. Awesome catch in right field. He's finally starting to step into his power. But, you know, let's be realistic right here. George Springer is having, let's call it a a productive enough season. He's taking the field. But his OPS plus is 102 for the season. He's on pace to hit something like 21, 22 home runs. This is not a 35 home run bat that you absolutely have to keep in there at all costs. And so... You know, instead of having Springer DH, maybe you have a Davis Schneider DH. But realistically, there's going to be room for all these guys. They're going to need Springer. They're going to need Bo and Chapman because they need all the offense they can get. That is going to be the case for the rest of this season because even on days where they're winning, and they're obviously going to win a good chunk of games from here to the end of the season, but even on days where they're winning, you want those tack-on runs. You want those runs where it just allows your A relievers to get that much more rest and to be that much more prepared for the next time when you are trying to preserve a tie, like we saw on Sunday, when you're trying to preserve a two-run lead and you want just that extra mile per hour on the fastball of Jordan Romano, you want him throwing 99 and not 97. And I think that rest can help them accomplish that. So the offense is absolutely critical to accomplishing 
what they want to accomplish this season. Vlad Jr., a couple home runs on the week. Blue Jays still without a 20 home run hitter this year. Vladdy is the closest at 19. And Vladdy has gotten the Blue Jays out of that group right here. A no-doubter into the second deck in left. Number 20. And the Blue Jays lead. He's up to 20 on the season. Finally, the Blue Jays have a 20 home run hitter. They're one of the last teams in baseball to reach that threshold this season. And this would be, you know, on pace at this point. Vlad Jr. might lead the team with 25 home runs. So this is not a powerful team, but if you get Vlad Jr. on a run, he could finish really strong and he could make the difference that the Blue Jays need. They're going to need someone to step up. Like if they're going to get to that 90-win threshold, if they're going to pass Texas, which is a good team, or Houston, which is a very good team, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Astros are in the World Series this year. That's a very, very good baseball team especially with Justin Verlander back. Yeah, Altuve, Jordan, Tucker. That's a really, really good middle of the order. They can do damage. So I wouldn't count on passing the Houston Astros at this point, but the Rangers with those head-to-head games, I think that's probably the most achievable for the Blue Jays at this point. But one way or another, if they're going to pass one of these teams, they are going to need some guys to step up. And it's hard to ask the pitching staff for more than what they've already given you because you're getting that elite production from a guy like Yusei Kikuchi. You're getting elite production for the most part from Jose Barrios and from Kevin Gosman and from Jordan Romano and down the list. But they are going to need someone to step up and hit 380 for a month, hit eight home runs in a month, which we've barely seen from this team. But, you know, it's possible. And that's what good teams have. I mean, the difference between a good team and a bad team when you're this close, when you're on the edge, which... You know, the Blue Jays were never supposed to be on the edge. They were supposed to be comfortably in because of where they are with their young talent and with their payroll. But they're not comfortably in. So now they're one of those teams on the edge and they are going to need someone to push them over. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a tricky thing because in the course of that last road trip, I was on with the Jays through Cincinnati and then through Baltimore it started to become apparent that the players were believing that they needed more of a sense of urgency. That was a phrase that Kevin Gosman used. John Schneider saying, it's time to win right expletive now. Bo Bichette saying they need to play fearless baseball. And so the, this team is well aware of how precarious things are. And they know they're a talented group, but you don't get points for being a talented group. You don't get... You don't hang banners for being a talented group. You got to win. You got to get into the playoffs. And furthermore, you actually have to win in the playoffs. So this is a group that's starting to feel that pressure, I think, to some extent. And you don't want players trying to play hero ball. You don't want players trying to do everything. And it's not just Espinal with that 3-0 pitch. We saw Danny Jansen get thrown out on the bases in Baltimore with the Blue Jays down two. Not a play that you want your catcher trying to make in that situation. So that's probably where you cross over the line from playing fearless to playing a little reckless, but it's a tough line to straddle. And because the Blue Jays have not banked a lot of wins and because they had so many struggles early in the season for various reasons, they are in a point now where everything is going to be magnified. 
So every call that John Schneider makes is going to be magnified. Every uh, swing and miss on a slider off the plate is going to be magnified. Every defensive mistake, every injured list, uh, you know, assignment, it's all it's all going to be magnified. So that is the reality of where these Blue Jays are. Now, within that context, they do have room to call on a couple reinforcements. And it's going to be interesting um, to see what they do on September 1st. Rosters expand by a couple of spots. They can add one pitcher. They can add one position player. That'll be ahead of their next series against the Rockies. My expectation on this one, it's more likely that they call up a Nathan Lucas for the bench. Someone who's already on the 40-man roster gives you a pinch run option. I could see that being the move that they make. I asked John Schneider about, hey, would you guys call up an Arelvis Martinez? Would you call up an Addison Barger? It sounds like they're considering that. But at the same time, we've seen how little they use the 26th man on the roster. I don't think that the 27th is going to get a ton of playing time. So unless Chapman needs 15 days on the injured list, that might be a different story. But if you're just talking about someone who's coming off the bench, I think it's probably more likely like a Nathan Lucas. And then on the pitching side, you know, is that, for example, a Nate Pearson, someone who's been up already. I don't think it'd be Alec Manoa because... We could do a whole episode on this. You know, I did some reporting on it last week and got a got a sense of, you know, the the backstory behind behind everything that's gone down with Manoa this season. The fact of the matter is Alec Manoa missed a couple weeks of game action. So that means that he's really not stretched out to the point that he's going to be starting a game in AAA Buffalo, let alone in the majors. And so that's going to be a gradual buildup probably take at least another week from now before Alec Manoa is anywhere close to game ready. And, you know, let's face it, like in the meantime, the Blue Jays have kind of moved on to different options. And I think Bowden Francis or Trevor Richards would be someone that they would go to if they needed an extra starter. So I don't think Alec Manoa is the is the first option to come back. And and look, like it's been a it's been a frustrating season on that front for all involved. Obviously Alec Manoa didn't want his season to go this way. Um, you know, he's he's certainly worn it. He's been pretty open about the fact that this has been a tough year for him mentally and physically and on the field with results and everything else. And, you know, with an offseason, I, I think there's a real chance for him to come back and to reset and to have a good major league season for the Blue Jays next year. Or who knows, maybe it's for a different team. But I, I think he can be a good major league pitcher again. But in the meantime, you know, the Blue Jays need to, turn to guys who are pitching right now and who can contribute right now. Because again, going back to that fine margin in the standings, the Blue Jays cannot afford to let games get out of hand. And so this is actually going to put a lot more stress on the existing pitching staff. And this is where, you know, when Schneider talks about managing with a sense of urgency, that's letting Jordan Romano go for two innings. That's not something you see every day, almost 40 pitches. We could see that again. And it kind of sucks because you don't want to manage in August like it's the ALCS. But man, you've got to win these games in front of you. And so I think that you have to rely on these guys. You have to rely, you know, as long as they're healthy and we know Swanson's down right now, but Meza, Jimmy Garcia, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Romano, these guys are going to be relied on. They're going to have to pitch a lot of intense innings. And so... It is going to be a ride 
should be a fun one. Again, I mean, the Jays still might make the playoffs. They still might win playoff series. So I think it's way too soon to write this this season off. I think there's a ton of intrigue ahead and either it's going to end in a hard-earned playoff berth or really one of the more disappointing finishes that, um, that we'll have seen. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Should be fun. Um, this national series should be good coming up this week here. I'll be on the radio with Ben Wagner for that. So feel free to join us on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. From there, we'll keep things going on At The Letters as well. Another episode coming your way later this week. So thank you very much for listening to this mini episode as I weigh in on the Jays. And who knows? Maybe by the time we talk next, things will be in a different spot because it can change pretty quickly for better or for worse. So that is it for me. Thanks for listening. And thanks as well to Mike Rogerson for producing this episode of At The Letters. Listen to At The Letters ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 